She sends gifts of otters to our group text. It's my sister, Marissa. Yes, I do. (laughs) That was such a... I'm sorry. Just the perfection of that scene was so overwhelming. (laughs) It just... It fills me with this, like, deep sense of satisfaction and warmth. And I just want to hug the scene. But I'll settle for hugging a gif of an otter. Yes. I mean, and, I mean, and, 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 Disco Janet? Let it, let the record show that Janet, who knows everything, pronounces it gif. Yes, that's true. Did not say gif. She said gif. Nope, sure didn't. That is, I think we can use that as evidence that we are winning this, this fight. <laughs> <laughs> the gif war it's t- it's claimed a lot of lives well i'm just like why would you call it a gif it's not a it's it stands for graphic interface format it's not graphic interface format like it's a hard g yes i've used this argument many times people are unpersuadable that's fine they can be wrong in their wrongness we can be right it's cool we know and janet knows it's gifts and if you're gonna send a gif why not of otters Otters holding hands. Pause. Pause. Little little pause and just like swimming. I had a friend who, uh, a friend from college whose little sister uh, was an animal trainer at a zoo in Connecticut. And she did a lot of research on otters. And turns out that otters really love shaved ice. So she like brought in a whole (laughs) bunch of shaved ice for the otters at this, or I guess it was an aquarium. It wasn't a zoo. So she brought in a, a bunch of uh, shaved ice for the otters at the aquarium, and they all, like, lost their minds. They were like, this is the best day of my life, my little otter life. And they just, like, because they love to, like, I don't know, it's like a snow day for them. <laughs> so they are just like, oh, my God, shaved ice. <laughs> so, so I what, hope it was what is that? of is that like running around in shaved ice. I don't fully understand. Like, shaved ice, is that like, um, is that like a snow cone without the syrup? Yes. Okay. But, like, looser than that. It's not like a packed snowball of shaved ice. Okay. Okay. Wow, so she just... What, she just pads it in a trunk of her car and just sort of... I think she, I think she told someone in facilities and someone at the... Okay. Like, someone brought it in. She wasn't just okay, like... Yeah, she, didn't, that, she didn't show up. She put up in her like, Nissan Altima. <laughs> she wasn't like, hey, let me... Oh, that has just melted all in my trunk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I will try it in a month that is not July. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it in one of those igloo coolers. <laughs> um, no, I think they they brought it in. But I hope I hope all the gifts of otters are them holding paws and frolicking through shaved ice together. What happened on perfect? Oh wait, should we do house- housekeeping or perfect harmony first? <laughs> it's please do not call it by its real name, and you oh, should I'm do so housekeeping sorry. first. The fighting temptations. I'm so sorry. What what was I thinking? All right, housekeeping. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at GoodPlay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. I checked uh, iTunes and we don't have any new reviews, but uh, we always love getting them. So if you've been thinking about writing one or something in this 
episode inspires you to write one, uh, we love we love reading them and and we will read them on the air. You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play. Uh, we got some people talking about this week's episode, kind of mixed reactions, which was interesting. Twitter, we are at The Good Play Pod. And uh, Gmail, you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. Do you have any emails this no week? No emails this week. No, okay. no. Okay. What happened on the Fighting Temptations? Fighting Temptations cast. So, let's go. <laughs> so, they did get in a good burn on us, you and me. In the <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, so I don't know what was going on. It turns out, like, preternaturally cheerful guy actually, like, runs the church or is the pastor or something. I'm not totally sure. Which, I a fact I never gleaned from the last, like, nine episodes or whatever. Yeah. But uh, basically, he leaves Bradley Whitford in charge of the church for, like, a hot minute and uh, everything is on fire and there's a screaming baby and Bradley Whitford kind of runs to the Bible and opens it up looking for reassurance and he gets like a nonsense passage and but then the reverend or the administrator comes back and the kitchen was on fire because people were trying to make some sort of like like a big pot of chili for firefighters or whatever and uh, they got angry at each other and they just started throwing random things into the pot maybe setting them on fire it was like super aggro crag f- for no apparent reason. Like, if you're cooking a pot of chili and someone makes you angry, do you light a pot holder on fire and throw it into the pot? Does that make any sense to you? No, especially not at a church. Yeah, no. Yeah. So so, th- so then it's like, oh, no, the firefighters are coming and we have nothing to feed them. What do we do? And then we cut to we're at, like, a diner or whatever. And Bradley Whitford says something like, you know, I solve this problem the way the liberal elites solve everything. And someone goes, what, by starting a podcast? And I was like, excuse you. (laughs) You should be. We are the only people buzz marketing your dumb show. (laughs) I mean, they can't be happy about what we're saying about it. (laughs) No, they they super do not know. But then Bradley Wilford's like, no, like I threw money at the problem like <laughs> buying everybody dinner or whatever and uh i don't, I don't buy um, people dinner no they were supposed to be home cooking it darn it whatever oh, okay uh i don't remember if anything else happened i just remembered i just remembered being sickly burned <laughs> by this starting a fire. well it's a good thing the firefighters are here to treat that burn for you <laughs> good one b oh thanks so much good one <laughs> Shall we get into this episode? I didn't see the yeah. temptations this week, so I, I, you know, I just can't <laughs> contribute. But well, how dare it you? Honestly, equally bad as it. Last week does. was the only week where I was like, "Oh, this is like a, this is like a show that people might watch." <laughs> oh, and I was informed by a friend who did watch maybe more of the fighting temptations was that it was not the guy last week, the big guy who was having, it was like, I thought that he, his dad was mad that he had joined a small church. Turned out his dad was mad that he was singing. His dad didn't believe in singing. I think. So they That's, just uh, cribbed that right from sister act two. Sister act two. Lauren Hill's mom. 
<laughs> your daddy, your daddy dies, dies singing, singing songs, songs girl. girl. <laughs> Listeners enjoy. Please enjoy Marissa and me having the exact same reaction. <laughs> Fill us with the light of day, light of day. Joyful, that? joyful, Lord, we adore thee. And in my life, I put none before thee. And since I was a youngster, I came to know that you was the only way to go. So. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that was my extremely cool rapping, ladies and gentlemen. We love we love that movie though. Like we legit, no legit. holds barred love that movie. In fact, we've, talk- we've talked about it not a bad pick. We, I mean, we haven't like done it for real though. Not a bad pick if we have no, to just come up with topics. <laughs> that's true. No, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but yeah, we do love that movie, and that medley at the end is is something to behold. Uh, so great. good. And you know, whatever happened to that, that boy in that, the one who was like the, the high soprano? Oh, the like, one I've never been saying, able to... F- uh, oh, happy day. Yes. What happened to him, man? I never like, I'm I could never find anything right about him on the internet. <laughs> Ryan Toby. And what happened to him? Oh, he's like a music producer. Oh, excellent. That's the best possible outcome. That's wonderful. Oh, so he, oh my gosh, he's produced... A ton of stuff that we like. Did he produce the Fighting Temptations soundtrack available from Let's NBC see. on iTunes? I don't think so. Ryan has written for both new and upcoming artists as well as established artists. Some of the artists he's written for, including Mary J. Blige, Brian McKnight, Ooh, okay. LL Cool mm-hmm. J. Uh, <gasps> Ladies Monica, love Cool James. Yes. Monica Darius Rucker. Uh, he, he, <laughs> what? He collaborated with Usher on Confessions, <gasps> which is a great album. In March 2017, Ryan released a solo project, like an R and B record. It sounds like so. Maybe we need. To... Okay, I will. I will be. I will be listening to that. How do you spell his last name? Uh, T O B Y. Okay, I will be. I will be looking out for that. Thank yes. you. Yes, good on you, Ryan Toby. Let's get down to business with this episode. You want to do the recap? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Yes. So it's called uh, The Funeral to End All Funerals. Uh, the rare episode where uh, it, it's very clear very quickly what exactly the title is taken from. Yeah. So the Soul Squad rushes to Mindy's house after the experiment is over. Uh, the obelisk sort of poofs away and math from accounting is sort of left there, you know, being like, well, that was an uncomfortable place to spend a year. And they're like, how did we do? And he's like, yeah, I can't tell you anything. Like, I have to go to the judges chambers. And Eleanor's like, OK, like, let's unfreeze Cheaty. And and Michael is like, no, 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 no. Like every everyone has to wait for the judges ruling, like in order for anything to happen. And they're not allowed to go with Michael to the the ruling. Weirdly enough, Janet does not go with Michael, which I thought was a really kind of an odd... I mean... I thought that was weird, too. It sort of... It, it, it enables the B-plot of what the humans kind of do with their time off. <laughs> but I am almost sure that Janet would have gone with Michael in this scenario, so it was a little bit odd. I agree. Especially because, as we see, bad Janet comes with Sean. So, yes. So Janet and the three humans who know the score, which is, of course, Eleanor, Jason and Tahani, are kind of just wandering the neighborhood. Everybody's gone. Right. I mean, I guess at some point Janet must have eaten the Janet babies and we didn't get to see that. Yeah, I'm glad we (laughs) didn't get to see that. Janet 
Yeah. Janet babies are gone. The three, the four experiment humans are in stasis uh, in the bathroom. That's where Janet put them. <laughs> in the bathroom. And she's like, I put Chidi on the toilet. The best seat. And I was like, oh my god. Yes. <laughs> and so they're just sort of wandering around this empty neighborhood. It has a lot of the feel of, um, I guess it's season two. After they have the neighborhood teardown party and they pretend to escape and all that, Um, you know, that sort of like deserted neighborhood feel, which is always a little bit creepy on this show. And Jason's like, man, we've died so many times. Like, I don't think I want to die again. And Janet's like, hey, do you want to know what happened at your actual funerals when you died? She said when you died the first time, I assume she means like the first, first time. I Do you think, think so, yeah. is that what she yeah. meant? Yeah, because that's not in the current timeline. That's not actually like how and when they died. So, right, they all I don't died know. In Canada, right, which is the nip slip of dying, as John <laughs> says. Oh, John. Uh, so she offers to tell them their funeral stories, and uh, you know, I don't remember exactly what the details are or whatever. But uh, you know, I don't think she even talks about Eleanor's. But she says something about Tahani's something some celebrity stuff about Tahani's, right? Moby, Moby and, gets up to talk and and she's right, like, well, and Tahani's just like, first. no, thank you. Yeah, right. And then with Tahani's Jason, like, nope. it was. <laughs> and then with Jason, it was. Um, he's like, she says something like, "Your friends didn't really talk about you more than they, they more graffitied a red lobster about you." <laughs> <laughs> And Tahani's like, you know, screw this. Let's have the funerals that we would want to have, right? Our ideal funerals. The funeral to end all funerals. Uh, that's the B-plot, basically. The B-plot of this episode is the all the humans' funerals to end all funerals. And the A-plot is sort of what is happening in the judges' chambers, which I was getting honestly stomach achy about. I was, like, sitting there like, what's <laughs> oh. gonna happen? <laughs> I didn't think we were going to find out in this episode, honestly. I thought that was going to be the cliffhanger. Uh, no, Mike sure had something even better up his sleeve for you. Oh, man. So, Sean comes into the judges' chambers and he's immediately, like, antagonizing Michael. And Michael obviously just cannot roll with this anymore. You know, he's just... Michael he's never has been become able a to soft... roll with it. He's never been oh, able to he, roll with I mean, it. We've... He's never been able to, like, return No, the... no. Yeah. No, anyway. but that's not, I mean, we've seen him in flashback, like, really kind of broing down with Sean, and now he has become a soft, soft boy, and he <laughs> just, he can't take it at all. Yeah. So the Good Place Committee comes, and it's like, how many are there, like, five or six of them? Yeah. And they look just the way that they did when we actually visited the Good Place at the end of season three. You know, they Paul Shear is there, which I think we kind of expected to happen because Paul Shear has kind of been plugging the Good Place more on uh, How Did This Get Made, his podcast right. with Jason Manzukas, who plays Derek. And they're, you know, doing, you know, they say to Michael, like, you did a wonderful job. And Michael's like, I, we don't know what happened yet. And they're like, yes, but I'm sure it was a wonderful job. You know, they're just being their, like, normal, ineffectual blandly positive selves just completely unhelpful you know they're not they're not you know radical social justice warriors they are uh proud defenders of the status quo but would you please use a reusable bag yeah so we cut back to the b plot where they do tahani's funeral first 
And, you know, in her favorite place, which is a private jet, that's where her funeral is. And she's lying there on the seats, like, you know, smiling while the people talk about her. I loved her dress. And uh, her her internment dress. Everybody's outfits. Oh, man. Eleanor's outfit in this episode, too. The the first, the front half of the episode was so Mm. beautiful. You know, Eleanor is eulogizing her and kind of gets some jabs in at her, I think, which is pretty par for the course for Eleanor. And But she finishes up with, you know, she was the best friend I ever had, and I loved her. Yeah. Jason says something about uh, how he admires how Tahani never let her speech impediment stop her, which is <laughs> now... We discover after four years that Jason thinks that a British accent is a speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> and that one took me a second, and I was like, oh my god, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> But then he says, you know, I, you know, Chidi should be here because, like, we, yeah. we should be together for this. And then they have this idea of, like, all right, let's just go get him. <laughs> so they they go to the bathroom and we see the four of them, like, struggling to lift him. And I think it's Jason who's like, how did he get so jacked, right? Yeah. And Eleanor's like, somebody told him when he was 11 that exercise alleviates anxiety. So he just started doing push-ups and he never stopped. <laughs> Which is a great in-universe explanation for why he's so it is a, It's an amazing in-universe explanation. I really appreciate that. I mean, because otherwise, it really doesn't make as much sense that he is so unbelievably <laughs> swole. <laughs> so back to the A-plot. Uh, Matt kind of does like a like a person-by-person reveal of how much better or worse each of the humans has gotten. I think he starts with Simone. He says Simone got like 12% better. He says that Chidi got like 25% better, maybe 30% better or something. John got like 51% better, which is kind of amazing and also completely a credit to Tahani. Yeah. And then he and then he says Brent got one percent worse. And meanwhile, Michael is like as, as he reveals like each of these humans getting better and better and better. He's like yes, 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 bam, bam, bam. The last one, he's like, ugh. He's like, like I should have committed so hard to the bam. <laughs> yes, ugh, Brent. Back in the B plot, Jason's funeral is at a pool because he was born in the deep end of a pool. And they ask him about his mom for the first time. And we find out that Jason's mom died really young uh, of cancer. Sorry. Well, died when Jason was really young when of cancer. Which he's he's very cavalier about. But it is pretty, it's pretty upsetting. And it yeah. makes a lot of things make sense. Yeah, I uh, mean, and it's, in that moment especially, it was interesting because... He's like, yeah, because uh, he was like, oh, I was born in the deep end of a pool and my after my mom did a cannonball. And Eleanor's like, you never really talk about your mom. And he's like, yeah, she died when I was pretty young of the big C. And then you think he means cancer. And then he says, that's what we called the crocodile behind my house. And then, and you think that's going to, because that's the way every Jason that's, joke goes. Yeah. But then he says, just kidding. It was cancer. And then he like dives into the pool and you're like, oh, wow. Wow, like that really actually got me. I was like, oh, now, yeah. like you said, it's like a lot of things start to make sense that like, you know, maybe his mom could have been a more stabilizing force in his life. Although we did hear in a previous episode that his mom robbed a pet store where she worked. So <laughs> maybe not. But still, it's it's very destabilizing to lose a parent that young. And so it does sort of put some things into focus, I think. But he did it Absolutely. in a very Jason way of like, 
making kind of light of it, but you know, it it that's this show does that very very well. Is like tackling really difficult topics with some some lightness as well. Anyway, yeah. Meanwhile, you know, this whole time, uh, Chidi is in a uh, like a floaty chair. He's floating in a floaty <laughs> chair, and he's got sun- and he's got sunglasses on. It's it's very weekend at Chidi's. Yes, <laughs> it's just That's amazing. So Janet eulogizes Jason and says, you know, Jason was the first person to ever ask me about my feelings. I hadn't had any yet, but it made me want to go get some. I thought that was <laughs> amazing. So good. Yeah. So back in the A plot, Michael's like, look, the, the experiment worked. Like, the majority of them got better. And, you know, even Brent was not as awful as he might have been. And the judge is like, eh, I don't know. And... Sean is, like, really taunting Michael, like, you know, even in this perfect environment where they had all their needs met and they they wanted for nothing and there were no unintended consequences, you know, he still could, you know, Brent still couldn't get better. Uh, Like, he, but he, and he says something to trigger something in Michael. I don't remember exactly what he says. He says, he Uh, basically says, says, he says this whole experiment and everything you've done is for nothing. You've lost. Ah, okay. Yeah. And... Michael all of a sudden, like, has an idea, and he asks the judge to call up the files of uh, Pillboy, Donna Shellstrop, Donna's stepdaughter, and uh, Camilla. And (laughs) Sean is like, oh, are we just calling up random humans now? Like, I am calling up Elizabeth Holmes and PewDiePie. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Michael says, no, these are, when we were on Earth, these are four humans that we helped there was no magic there was just kindness and like look like pillboy has now dedicated his life to helping the elderly and camilla set up a scholarship in i was actually choking up a little bit during this part yeah like camilla started a scholarship in her sister's name and has sent like a hundred hundred over a hundred women to college and donna has been spending more time you know doing homework with her stepdaughter and her stepdaughter taught donna multiplication yikes (laughs) (laughs) that was great (laughs) yes and michael says people improve when they get external love and support and how can we hold it against them when they don't which is just like yes that's what i've been saying yeah god you guys (laughs) yeah like we know that jason Went to school inside an alligator or something like <laughs> inside a bunch of t- a tugboats in a tied together in a junkyard. Probably, <laughs> you know, with 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 alligators on the playground. Like, how are we he supposed to hold it against his, him? He said most of his classes were selling dirty magazines door to door. And like you've seen, we've seen his dad, who is loving in his own way, but is like completely not available as a father <laughs> like completely not available to be like anybody's dad yeah <laughs> i mean you know tahani got better when she had people around her who actually cared about her for her and you know weren't pitting her up against anybody and and didn't care about her money and didn't care about all of her famous friends right like they weren't socialites kind of grabbing at her they they cared about her for her you know they all got better. Yes. And the judge is really intrigued by this. And she kind of zooms into Brent's kind of like day by day graph or whatever. And she's like, 
oh, look at this. Like, right at the end, like, he kind of shoots up. And Michael says, yes, you know, yes, Brent is a complete diaper load. I think that's what he calls him. (laughs) But that doesn't tell... But that doesn't tell you what he could have become tomorrow. So now we cut back to the B-plot where Janet is kind of telling the three humans how they all helped her. And, you know, she says, it makes me want to barf up a beautiful quasar, which is pretty funny. So then Eleanor's has a funeral. It's also at the pool. And a big sign that says, you're dead. (laughs) Which is great. There's a lot of the, yeah, because later... uh, or bef- was it before that? Sean was like, you lost. <laughs> like, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jason has written her an EDM song, which is just as unbearable as it always is. From <laughs> He's Jason's. like singing it to her. It's so funny. Also, she's holding, Eleanor's holding um, a bottle of that margarita mix that almost killed her. It did kill her the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Tahani has a really nice speech about how, you know, basically, like, Eleanor was really snarky, but, you know, she was also really sweet and helpful to me and, you know, was a really good friend. So then they go to, they go to Chidi's apartment in this new neighborhood and they kind of have him sitting in a chair and they're all looking expectantly at Eleanor and Eleanor kind of just, like, tap dances for a minute, just being like, ha yeah, Chidi, what are you going to say? I mean, oh, yeah, what? And everyone's like looking at her like, what? And she's just like, I can't do this. Man, like, that, I cannot. That, that got me. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I can't eulogize Chidi, guys. And you think she's going to be forced to, but then there's a door that opens up and it's like, oh, we have to go now. Like, the ruling is happening and the humans are allowed to come to it. So the judge is like, Michael, you've presented a really good case, and the point system is obviously flawed, and uh, you won. You won. And everyone, there's this moment of sort of celebration, and the humans are hugging each other, and Sean is like, ugh, darn it, right? Probably something worse than that. Yeah. And then Jen's like, well, there's only one way to solve this, which is I'm going to cancel Earth. And everyone's like, and Eleanor's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah. And she's it's like, like record scratch. <laughs> yes. She's like, look, I'll just like reset this, you know, put the planet back on like amoebas or whatever. And like humans will evolve again. Or maybe they won't. Maybe something better will evolve. And like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I think importantly, um, she also says that like all human life uh, will be extinguished, including everybody in the afterlife. So it's not just let's get rid of Earth. It's also like we're just going to blink all humanity dead and alive out of existence. Yes. And Michael's like, no, what? And she's like, what did you think was going to happen? Like the point system doesn't work anymore. And Michael's like, I thought we could give people like three points for eating an apple instead of two. And she's like, no, you just proved that the point system doesn't work. Okay. (laughs) Like we can't tweak it. To make it work, it fundamentally does not work. You've proven that, which is like, Jen is correct on that point, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sean's like, ha ha, Michael, even when you win, you still lose. Ha ha ha. And Eleanor's like, oh, okay. She runs over to the Good Place Committee like, this is the, like, you're you're the good people, right? Like, intervene. And they're like, we're going to write a sternly worded letter. It's like, ooh, should we be stern in the tone? And she's like, oh, you guys are useless. And then... Uh, Jen is rooting through her purse for her the reboot mechanism. She starts singing a song that I should know and I don't. W- what was it? Uh, isn't it? I don't remember. 
but it was like something about like see you on the other side or like I'm gonna miss you I'm gonna miss you something like that I should know what the song is and I also don't know so she is about to push the button on the reboot machine and the humans and Michael are all clinging to each other just like in abject horror and fear and then all of a sudden you hear like the Janet noise of something being blinked in or out of existence and Jen's like what did you do with my with my button and Janet's like I took it. I put it in my void. And Jen's like, oh, no, you don't. And she goes into Janet's void. And Janet's like, she's in my void. It feels really funny. And Jen comes back out and is like, it's not in there. Like, where is it? And then bad Janet says, I took it. It's in my void. Uh, turns out. <laughs> yes. I oh, Yes. I wanted to start like standing up and clapping, too. Like, turns out she took Michael's manifesto. She read it. And on the toilet, she sent it to <laughs> she, on the toilet. <laughs> she sent it to all the other Janets. Now, I like scale wise, it doesn't really work. I don't think like we see a bunch of Janets start flooding into the ju- judges chambers, but it can't possibly be all of them. Right. Like there have been billions of humans. Right. So yeah. there have to there have to be almost billions of Janets, so it can't possibly be all the Janets, but it's a lot of Janets, including a disco Janet who roller yeah. skates in and has, like, frizzy hair, and it's great. But anyway, but but bad Janet is like, we read the manifesto, and, like, humans are screwed up, but it's not their fault, and 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 good Janet goes over and hugs her, she's like, my sister! And bad Janet's like, ugh, get off me! <laughs> and she's like, ugh, I don't care, and she's like, I think you do a little, and she's like, oh, fine, ugh. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's sweet though. But all the Janets show up and like, r- then they're all like lined up, and they're just like, "We're not gonna let you do this," you know. And and we have we all have a group text now, and that's when one good Janet pokes her head out to the side and goes, "I mostly send gifts of otters." Just <laughs> <laughs> so, so sweet. Cute. <laughs> I want to see like the bloopers where they go through the different takes because I'm assuming Darcy Carden like. Uh, improv some of that like so how hmm, many times I don't know they, they her... say that they don't improv much unless Derek is on the set oh really because I was gonna say like I want to yeah. see the like I want to see the like she pokes her head out and says like you know I made cookies for everyone or like you know like just different yeah. things like that <laughs> um, yeah I brought great. banana bread yeah <laughs> so Jen is like you guys cannot contravene a ruling that I have made and I'm going to go through all of these Janets one by one and when I get out of one Janet I'm going to marbleize her which is extreme IMO but you know whatever well we know that Janets can be unmarbleized so it's not as bad as it might be okay right I mean our Janet was marbleized by bad Janet and then she was fine so these are not they're not she's not killing these Janets is my point Okay. So Michael's like, what do we do? What do we do? And Eleanor's like, like, we have to come up with with a system of ethics that's going to work. Like, you have an ethicist sitting right here. Like, wake up my boyfriend. Do it. And Michael's like, er, um, I don't, er, I don't, I really do not understand why Michael is like dithering. He's like, you really want to wake the most. He says, you really want to wake up the most indecisive man in the world. Give him back. 800 lifetimes worth of memories and then tell him to come up with a new system for the afterlife and Eleanor's like it's basically our only thing that we can do at this point 
and we see Jen like leave the first Janet and marbleize her and walk into the next Janet and, and Eleanor's like give me my Chidi now and then like cut to black <laughs> yeah the, we end with like Chidi is still asleep in the judges chambers like that's it Mike Shore says the Mike Shore says the first episode back from the mid-season break will be a very very Chidi heavy episode <laughs> Which very, we need, very because cheaty, we heavy. haven't had a lot of him. You right, know, not our cheaty, right? We've had a we've had a cheaty, but not the cheaty that we know and love from you know years of all of his experiences. Do you think when he wakes up and he gets his memory, his memories back, it's going to be like that moment in Wally where Wally gets his like original um, like disc back or whatever? Do you remember this when when Eve sparks him at the end? He his original personality gets erased at some point or gets like he uh and so he just becomes a regular it's the, wally this is the it's well, no it's the climax of the movie right like he's failing they rush him back to earth and eve goes through all of the dead <laughs> corpses of wallies yeah yep. and you know replaces some part of his processing system with another one and then he wakes up and he is a normal wally with the eyes yes you know, straight across. Yeah. And then she kind of leans her little head against him and there's a little spark that passes between them and that's when he remembers Oh, it's who no, he it's is. when she holds, her, it, she holds his hand. Because mm, the, the spark at the I end don't think is the so. kiss. Uh, mm, I mean, I don't care. I, I, think, I think I'm right, but it doesn't matter. Because I think the spark is actually functional. That it's actually supposed oh, okay. to be like an electrical current that performs a task inside of a you know inside of a robot basically but anyway but you know what i mean so he's like he's like normal wally he's like a regular normal wally he's not the wally we know and love and then he has this like change at the end and then his like eyes droop down and then he's like our wally who we love do you think we're gonna get that where cheaty is like cheaty gets all of his memories back and all of a sudden he's like back to being the cheaty that eleanor loves and we all love or do you think he's going to have like right? I mean, it's it hasn't been a personality change for him, right? A- and I would hope that once he gets his memories back, he's going to kind of revert to the state he was in right before they mind wiped him. Of like, I made this decision to be mind wiped in order to save humanity, and like, okay, and this is what's happened since. Okay, I've assimilated that. I hope, but who the heck knows? Yeah. Yeah, woof. I have some discussion points, but I don't know if you had anything to start with. Um, well, so I guess I have a controversial opinion, which is that if the only choices are to maintain the Earth as is or to <laughs> eradicate it and the afterlife, I think the latter is actually the better choice. Like, yes, it sounds terrible. We're going to wipe out all life on Earth well, all humans on Earth. We're going to revert Earth back to a, a pre-human state or whatever. However, we're talking about souls who spend an eternity being tortured. And so while it sounds kind of awful to talk about like wiping out all humans on Earth, the reality is it's much more important to worry about what happens to them after they die because an eternity is definitionally like an infinity times more time than whatever brief time people spend on earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
even if you think like, oh, it's so terrible, like, how could you li- wipe out all life on Earth? Like, well, it's actually better that that happened than that innocent people spend an eternity being tortured. So it's not actually that insane a thing for her to propose, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think for her, it's as an impartial viewer of this whole thing, like, for her, it makes sense. She's not going to be affected by it, so whatever. Um, you know, I did. I was talking to listener Kate today. We hung out today, and I was asking her her thoughts. And she was she raised the question that's related, which is like, you know, what do you do with all the people in the bad place who are already there and shouldn't be there? And your point is like, I is your point that you know better that they just go into nothingness than they continue being absolutely. Tortured? So I agree. One hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I agree with that, but I also think there's, you're, maybe, they're missing a piece, which is, like, all those people have been there unfairly, there's no restitution for them, or there's no, like, way of communicating with them that, like, um, we forked up and we're, and we're sorry. So, I think... Right, but if once you blink out of existence, like, does that matter? I guess not. It doesn't, I I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. But if the, like, if, I strongly believe that no human, no human should be tortured for eternity. I don't care how bad they were on Earth. No human should be tortured for an eternity. There is no way, I've said this like 12 times this season already, there's no way for a mortal person to to do enough bad that they deserve an eternity of torture. It just doesn't, the math doesn't work. So, I don't think anybody should go to the bad place. I think uh, being snuffed out like a candle is, like infinitely preferable to an eternity of torture and so like it's not the worst it's not the worst solution is to just blink everybody out of existence you know it's like okay that that's that's a thing you could do certainly yeah i mean i think i you know when you put it that way i agree that it's not the worst thing you could do but i think you know, from the perspective of... I'm thinking about Eleanor. She's been, like, white-knuckling it through this whole year, thinking that she's going to... Poor Eleanor, honestly. And, I mean... Yeah. Hanging out in the dot of the whole... eye, Jeremy, bear me, baby. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that she did this whole year. She, like, white-knuckled it through this whole year. And it was really, really, really difficult on her because she thought at the end of it, like, at you know, whatever happens, like, at least we can be together. And so for her to not even have a moment to say goodbye to Chidi because he's not awake through any of this and to be like, I guess we're being snuffed out of existence. Like, I think for her and for the other cockroaches, like, their idea of saving humanity looked different to them or they you know oh certainly certainly because i think if you had said to eleanor like okay here are the stakes and if you guys win then i'm just gonna like delete earth then i think she would have had a different this whole thing would have had maybe a different tinge to it the whole time or she wouldn't have yeah but then she would have known that there was right there was no winning condition in, in that situation right and so it does sort of feel like, I mean, it makes sense from Jen's perspective that that would be the answer. But like, I really, really did feel for the humans in that moment. And you do just have this, you know, Kate's other point was like, well, what's not, what's to say that like 
humans wouldn't come back just as bad or like the thing that we evolve into wouldn't be worse. Oh so, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to think it's crazy to think first of all that intelligent life would even arise again. <laughs> but that cuz I think that's actually really unlikely. But then also like so so what's your plan for next time, Jen? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> what is, is your actual plan? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. It totally is. Yeah. I mean, I would make sense for her to say the point system isn't working and it's it's it just fundamentally is flawed, but we've got all these people that we've sorted according to it and there's no way for us to go back and like recalculate based on some sort of new rubric. Like how do we even do that? Like we didn't store off all that data or whatever. I mean, make up whatever BS excuse you want. Like we're going to just have to erase all of them because we can't be sure that they're in the right place. We're just going to have to do away with all of them. Like that actually makes a lot of sense in a, you know, sick, sad way. Well, it's, it's, it's very like his dark materials, right? Like the idea that you I've been watching that on HBO. Ooh, is it good? It is good, but I am the, you know, nitpicky SOB who's sitting there like, oh, that does not happen like that. (laughs) I believe if you refer to page 324 of the Golden Compass, you will see, like, you know, I'm just, I'm comic book guying the entire time. Like, I don't think that's how that happens. Like, (laughs) hold on a second. It's fine, but it's, (laughs) I mean, it's good. It's it's good. It's well made. It's well acted. It's interesting. I have some issues with some various choices they've made, um, and I find the inaccuracies, you know, going according to the book to be like an itch in my brain that I can't scratch. <laughs> but like that's kind of how I am with everything that's adapted from a book to a, a screen property. Yeah, I mean, so but I think you know you'll have to refresh my memory on this but like the ending of the final book the amber spyglass amber spyglass is very much about like we have to build a new system of heaven together the republic of heaven yes right and so it does sort of feel like that that same thing of you know maybe there is a middle ground between this absolute right and wrong like good place or bad place you know maybe it is kind of what we've been talking about this whole time which is like the restorative justice version of heaven where like somebody like brent who didn't uh improve on earth gets the chance to improve in an afterlife and then you know basically be comfortable like we want everybody to be comfortable and to be able to you know live out eternity not like, you know, stuffed in a volcano or whatever they do to people in the bad place. <laughs> right. Um, Penis flattener. Yeah. So, like, I would say maybe that's, like, a third version of it is to, is to maybe say, like, well, the point system, we could tweak it so that, or not tweak it, but but make it so that, like, you accrue points on Earth, but that doesn't, you know, maybe that just puts you in a track in purgatory for a little while like if you're brent you have a long way to go if you're simone you have a less long way to go um if you're elizabeth if you're cheaty you get to go to afterlife princeton but if you're brent you gotta go to afterlife arizona state university (laughs) which like 
I think would, you know, if, if you put it like that to somebody like Eleanor, I think they would, she'd be like, all right, <laughs> you know, like, let yeah. me go to like, you know, Tempe Community College version of heaven for a while. <laughs> and then eventually, once I graduate, I'll get to be with Chidi. I mean, so I think there is, I understand. The I hope at this point that the cockroaches have have sort of exempted themselves from the sorting hat. You know, like, Holy I would moly. hope at this point that the cockroaches just kind of get to have their own little place where nobody bothers them for, for God's sake. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think, so I, I understand from Jen's point of view why she wants to, like, burn it all down, but I do think there is a piece of this which is, like, you know, maybe instead of burning it all down because then you're to our point like you're kicking the can down the road you're not really addressing the problem you're just saying like well earth has become too complicated and so let's try again and and in another billion years like maybe we'll see each other again it's like no that 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 solves the immediate problem but that doesn't give us any like like anything really that will solve the systemic i mean the system will be no gone, no no i mean it it's won't, Go ahead. Well, just like, it's not as if she says, we're obviously going to have to come up, once I blink Earth out of existence, we're obviously going to have to sit down and brainstorm a way to, you know, sort people into an afterlife. But like, let's do that after we've blinked the humans out of existence. Like, it's not, that's not what she says. It's basically, she thinks that the eradication of humanity, like, is the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sort of naive yeah <laughs> or maybe she's just maybe she's just counting on humans not evolving again which you know probably true yeah um or she said like maybe they'll evolve into something better but like you know better by what standard and if you're talking about like life forms that are more intelligent than human beings that doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems it just means that i mean you know you have different problems like we we <sighs> This whole afterlife system is predicated on essentially, like, morality that is innate to humanity, right? Like, even though Jen and Sean and Michael or whatever are, you know, allegedly some sort of higher being, some sort of product of we don't know where they came from, right? We have no idea. They look like humans, okay? But... They're not humans, and, and but they seem to evince a human understanding of morality, which there's no there's nothing to say that if you evolved a different species, there wouldn't be a completely different sense of morality. Like we we have a a very strong sense of sort of you know assuming that someone you know is a sort of a normal person, not like a sociopath, right? Like, and, and has been sort of, you know, and has enough for themselves, right? Like, we as humans are sort of um, innately altruistic. Uh, we care about the good of the species. We care about the sick and the young and the elderly. Um, we don't necessarily... But we are also individuals and we care about creativity. And, like, we saw all this reflected in the point system, right? That it's like good to give a flower to somebody. Well, why is that good? Well, it's because, like, humanity likes giving and receiving flowers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I've ever actually gotten f flowers, but, like, but it's a... I have. It's a thing that... 
Oh, that's nice. It's a yeah. thing that people, you know, like to do. And so that's that's the point system is sort of privileging a human view of morality, which is, you know, it's kind of hard to see given that everybody is going to the bad place. But it is true that, like, we, the point system is human in its outlook. You can imagine, uh, like, a super intelligent race of, like, ants, right? That don't have any individuality. I mean, if you read science fiction, certainly you've come into contact with, like, the idea of other species that have, like, wildly different moralities than ours. But you can imagine, like, super intelligent ants who have no individuality and the only moral good is helping their own clan or hive or whatever and, you know, feeding their queen or whatever. Like, it's not impossible to have an intelligent species with a completely disparate set of morals and then you're going to have, then like, what is Jen going to do with them? <laughs> what does she imagine? How does she imagine it's going to be easier to deal with whatever evolves next time? Like, she really has not confronted this notion at all that like, intelligent beings are probably going to have some sort of innate morality. And they're probably, they're definitely not going to always be perfectly adhering to their own moral code. And that doesn't mean that they deserve an eternity of torture. And like, who said that they did? Like, where is this, this order coming from? Like, who is your commanding officer, ma'am? Like who said that when a species becomes intelligent, you know, ipso facto, they must be judged and sorted into uh, one of two afterlives. Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. We've raised that before that, you know, we haven't yet gotten to like the fundamental questions of like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why does this system even exist? But I imagine that that's coming because cheating. You think is- so? Because like, come on. I think Cheedy is the type of person to ask those questions though. Right. He hasn't asked them yet and he's had plenty of opportunity. Well, because he is, as a moral philosopher, following the teachings of, like, the people who came before him, and he accepted this afterlife as, like, okay, this is the deal. But maybe if he, if somebody approached him and said, you're responsible for coming up with a new system, maybe he would start to challenge those norms. Maybe he would start to say what even is the point of a, a binary good and bad system where we are are either punished for eternity or you know we get to live out our live out our days in paradise like maybe i mean i hope that some of those questions are coming because i agree with you like why um you know jen is supposed to be the kind of like all-knowing well, she's not um she's not omniscient. She's not right? omniscient because she does not know where that button went. But, but she is she is supposed to be the the like the buck stops with her. But she didn't create this system. She's just res- presiding over it. So there hasn't really been a, a an understanding of like who created this system. Is it just that the good place and the bad place blinked into existence as fully functioning bureaucracies? <laughs> I guess yeah. it's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, my other question is with, with Jen's plan, like, what happens to all the demons and all of the Good Place employees when there are no humans? Oh, like, I have no idea. 
And the Janets, no like, do they all get blinked out of existence? No, right? Maybe. I don't know, honestly. I mean, there's not much of a point in their existing if they have nobody to take care of, so to speak. Right. I mean, but that's my, that's, that was part of my thing. Like, I was sort of, I know Sean is just supposed to be gloating, but I also don't know that he would appreciate Earth being, you know, vaporized or whatever, because, you know, he said in the, in the, uh, mini episodes, like the, the webisodes, like, he said to Glenn, you don't understand, you know, if they win, our entire way of life is going, will like, go out the window. Yes. And so I would anticipate that he would be just as freaked out about the Earth being vaporized as the rest of them because that's basically his whole system of, of living and his whole economy and everything or, you know, however you want to look at it, their whole system is built upon humans. It's like a supply and demand thing. So it's like you take away the supply and like there's nothing to do, right? Like there's nothing to Yeah, them. it's odd. And so I would have assumed that he, and maybe we'll see that. Like maybe he'll he'll kind of not come around, but at least maybe have some no. self-interest. <laughs> I don't think he's going to come around, but to maybe have no, some self-interest. that would be really in, weird. To maybe have some, I don't know, like maybe we'll, uh, it does sort of seem odd to me though that he would be cool with Earth just disappearing because, you know, he loves to torture people, so... What happens when there are no people? <laughs> I also thought that Jen's reaction of like marbleizing each Janet was like pretty, pretty extreme. Like I know, I know she's not killing them, but it is sort of like she's she's taking some drastic measures. I think like she was a little bit more. She's 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 doing her version of putting them in jail for contempt of court. Yeah, I guess so. It just seems more extreme because yeah she's marbleizing all of them i have no idea what's gonna happen like absolutely none no (laughs) but we never do with this show i mean i say that every week but i really mean it this time oh i had uh does this episode remember we read that tour.com article wait a 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 wait this is not the mid-season break what I'm seeing uh, an episode scheduled for next week. Oh, it's called oh. the answer. Yeah. Oh, this is a, this is breaking news. <laughs> it's called <laughs> the answer. <laughs> and it says, in an attempt to plan a better future, Cheedy considers his past. So I guess you know Michael gonna wake her boyfriend up <laughs> and give him back his memories. Okay. Which, of course, he had to do. He had to, like, there was no, like, this. the only silly thing about this episode was that we left Cheedy, like, unwoken up. Because I was like, I, I'm not contemplating whether or not Cheedy is going to be woken up, right? Like, no. <laughs> of course he is. He's a main character. And my husband. Um... And my fictional TV husband, as opposed to my non-fictional TV husband. Chris Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, remember at the beginning of the season where we read that Tor.com article with the theory that Chidi is God and Eleanor is Lucifer and they have just been like doing a dance around each other and they're... Yeah. Wow. This I don't think that's right. That. 
No, it doesn't. How does it? How does it? Because he's in charge now of coming up with this new system of the afterlife. That kind of puts him in a position of, you know, he has a lot of responsibility over humanity right now. Or he will next week. Yes, but Eleanor, but Eleanor is not in the position of, you know, trying to tempt humanity into sin. No, but in this episode, I, I did love that she, when she was eulogizing Jason, she was like, and it was nice to have someone to talk about dirtbag things with, like uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> Statham! So right. So she, what I mean is is not that she's tempting humanity or she's evil, but that she does have, she still has an edge to her, you know? So, but I just, I thought it, at least from Chidi's, from the perspective of Chidi, like, ne- if if we do have this episode next week and it is all about him sort of trying to craft a more equal afterlife for people, then, like, that does put him in kind of a, a godlike position. Well, I hope Chidi can handle that. Well, that's Michael's fear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, there is no choice. There is nothing to be done at this point. Like, they need to invent... In order to save their entire species, they need to invent a new way to treat these immortal souls that it turns out there is no benevolent God (laughs) who is looking after immortal souls. There is only kind of crappy bureaucrats. (laughs) And like, like, Chidi is better than all of them. Wake up, Chidi, and save the species. Next week's going to be a banger. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sure is. It's going to be all about my fictional TV husband. One last thing I did want to say, not to get too hashtag relevant, but like having an episode that's about a super significant trial happening this week was like, (laughs) and Tom Brokaw was interviewed interviewed this week and he said, quote, it's going to be a test of this country to see what they have in mind for our future and our system of governing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) hey there. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, this this was not the only trial this week I was invested in, but uh, to have them both on the same week is quite the show. Man, anything else? Uh, No, I think I, I'm so psyched for my cheaty next week. I didn't realize. I thought we were going to have to wait till 2020 for more cheaty. I thought so, too. I'm glad that we get some more resolution because I was like, man, that is a rough midseason break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, until next week even if you don't have to poop choose to uh, we'll see you next week for the actual mid-season break Ding dong. knock knock knocking on heaven's door knock knock knocking on heaven's door knock knock But I think I'm too old. I'd have to be like the mom character, I think, in community theater. Like, I think well, I'm too old you, to play. There are some good mom characters. I mean, look at uh, one of my favorites. Um, 
the mom who sang, uh, gosh. What, Bye Bye Birdie? Bye Bye Birdie, the mom uh, who sang that whole song about, like, you know, I'm going to go stick my head in the oven. A mother, a mother doesn't matter anymore. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> I sold my anyway. Tiffany lamp so you could go to camp. But a mother doesn't matter anymore. Do, 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 do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and now I'm like, lady, you had a Tiffany lamp? Okay, we're so off topic. Um, 